Hey, you ever been to Chancellor Park? That's where I live. My name is Tabin Dillard, and I live in a trailer park called Chancellor Park, and I mow lawns. I'd like to introduce you to my town. I've been making YouTube's videos since about 2006, and then I've transitioned over to other platforms like the TikToks and the whatnot. But here on this podcast, I'd like to clue you into what's going on with me here lately. And this is like a pre-introduction. Now I'm going to send it off to myself for the real introduction. I'm glad you joined me. Bink, bink. Hey, welcome to the Town Diller Podcast, y'all guys. Season one here, uh, episode six. So we done five other ones already. And if you ain't uh, taking a minute to listen to them, go ahead and, and I'd say back it up. And head to number one, and then you watch them like in order, kind of thing. And then we'll be waiting on you here when you get back to this. My name's Captain Dillard. I'm Olans. I live in Chancellor Park. It's a podcast you're listening to. That's like a radio show. So the way you do that is you you, you use your ears. You listen to it. And uh, I'm trying to do a lot of things right now, y'all. I'm trying to slow down on my podcast. I don't want to speak too fast. I get feedback, and folks say, "Boy, I have to kind of. Uh, I'm gonna have to kind of." you know, listen again, or, you know, and that's okay if you got, you got the time to do that, but I ain't trying to, you know, rush through these stories, it's, uh, I got in a habit, you know, on the TikTok, I was trying to fit them in in less, less than 60 seconds, and that's a, a minute, you know, if you're good at time math, so we full steam ahead in the softball season, we 0 and 4, O is for the amount of wins you have, the front number, and that's none, but I wouldn't say, like, it's a solid 0-4. Like, last game, we only lost 3-2. And I really think we could have made something happen there. It's just how to, how to, you know, the cards fell. Is that what, Pauls? The cookie crumbles? Something, Pauls. We didn't. We didn't make nothing happen. We could have. So this is week three with uniforms. So, you know, five games total. Three with uniforms. First two chest naked weeks they becoming a distant memory scabs on my chest just about healed up from them early days of stealing bases chest naked head first pete rose sliding into them bases they don't keep track of stolen bases in the adult softball league in town but i got 13 this season because i do keep track see that's how that works everybody keeps their own scorecard in life you probably know how many cars you owned or how many cars you wrecked or how many games a horse you won last week at the city park we all got our list. And me, well, I stole 13 bases. 13. Did one get called back because they said, you can't steal first base? Yes, it did. But did I steal it? Indeed, I did. 13 beautiful bases. That's my list. Of course, that's a personal list, and we a team. And you know what they say in team sports, you want to get that W. And when you're 0 and 4, you ain't got no W. You just ain't got it. That's how that is. And we were looking to win this week. We're looking not to just say, oh, that's a good game. Oh, way to compete, everybody. Uh, we're going home again with with no win. And the other thing, if you know about our softball season, or the league they do, if you win on Thursday nights, when you, you go to concession day, you get a free snow cone. So you know how many free snow cones we done got this season? That's right. Zero. Insult to injury, you end up seeing other team eating their snow cones, and you know how they got it. Well, it's a hard thing to watch, but that's what full-grown adults do. Do you just take it like a man as a full-grown adult? And that's hard when you know you in town know, and folks say, "Hey, uh, you know," because they just want the bottom line. You know, folks in town they just want to know the bottom line. How many games y'all won? Well, none. 
you know, that kind of sting a little bit when you say it like a fire ant bite. You know, it ain't going to lay you up for a day, but you feel it kind of hurt a little bit. Same with sales, you know, when, when you're trying to sell people something, but they ain't, they ain't caring about what you're trying to sell. They just asking, how much does it cost? Well, hear me out. This thing can really simplify your life. Well, how much is it? We also sell an attachment that can increase productivity by 50%. How much is it? We got an easy payment plan. How much? We can give you a free satchel too. How much? Million dollars? Can't do it. You know, kind of thing like that. Like land that plane, what's the bottom line? And, you know, people ask, hey, how many games y'all guys won? I'm over here saying, well, we ain't won a game, but, and they're like, oh, boy, y'all stink. Well, we don't stink, but our record sure do. So folks, well, don't, they don't, they just don't want to hear all that other stuff. You know how it is. But we could have won. We should have won. We really wanted to win. Now, I don't think even the first two or three weeks we wanted to win. I, I know the first two weeks we just didn't want to be chest naked, and we were. So, you know, that, that did seem like a big hurdle to clear. And I tell y'all guys this week, my friends here on the podcast, that's what you're listening to now, it's like a radio show, I got uh, I got a special thing to tell y'all about, a little discount code for something that has to do with keeping you warm when the months get cooler, but it also have to do with my softball team. What could it be? You're going to have to wait. But anyways, wasn't nobody ready to show off our winter bodies, you know, when this season started. Oh, Myron Curtis hated it most, maybe, with his new gal watching nearby, Mary Beth Tucker, working at concession stand. But it was his fault. He did not get our uniforms, you know, back when he said he would. So, yeah, anyhow, we owe and forward. Lost four games now. 1-0. way I see it, we got the whole league right where we want them to go. Go ahead and sleep on us. We'll be up in your face like a spiderweb across your bathroom doorway. Where'd that come from? That wasn't there yesterday. That's right, you'd inspect it. Now you spit and scream and pull the web out of your face, stay alert. Or don't. But Bud's Burger Shed's coming for you is the way I see it. This week I was the starting pitcher. I'm a lefty. You may know that about me. You may not know that about me, but I don't know. I think I probably mentioned it before, but I throw left-handed. I bat left-handed, which I guess is a more thorough definition of being a lefty. So, anyhow, now you know. Big picture is I throw the two-hitter. That's right. You heard me right. I only gave up two hits. That's right. But that's kind of glass half full, you know, the way I tell that story because both them hits was grand slams. And grand slam means you get four, they get four runs every every grand slam. So you times that by two. <clears throat> some quick math, or depending on how good you are at math, some slow math will tell you that's a run. So strikes don't really got away from me early, as on me. Walks and batters, and they really made me pay. You know, and they, they say that in the ball, you know, in the leagues, they say, you know, the walks will get you. So we thought about Bench and Myron for blowing kisses at Mary Beth Tucker last week, and he's falling down in between first and second base and getting thrown out from the outfield. But, you know, we're like, what What good is that going to do? Hey, stop flirting with your girlfriend during the game. Why don't we bench you so you can spend the whole game in a concession stand with her anyway? That ain't going to work. So he was there, and he's kind of ready tonight. The reason I say kind of is because it's 10 minutes till game time, and he wasn't there yet. Then I see him pulling up on his moped with a propane tank strapped behind him on this little stand that he got behind his seat, you know, on a moped. I mean, that little bungee cord was struggling, boy, with all his might, just trying to grip at, grip around that little propane tank. And not a little cr- propane tank, but a little bungee cord. It's like it was saying, hey, I'm the size you strapped down a couple corn dogs with or throw pillows that you picked up for your aunt at the flea market. But I wasn't built for no propane tank, but it's steady just holding on. And that little bungee held on with all his might. Myron arrived. Like, not a moment too soon. He parks, grabs his glove, 
It releases that propane tank. The bungee cord just curl up and snap all at the same time. And now at that point, I don't know how Myron was planning on getting it back home. Or maybe it's just supposed to stay at the fields because I didn't know what it was there for. And he, he shuffles over to the concession stand with his hands full. You know, he's got a ball glove. You know, he's got his cap kind of on his head now and, and a propane tank in his hands. And he's shuffling toward that concession stand. I'm like, Mort, what are you doing? Well, he holds up his glove hand to me like, hold on. And then he cracks a smile like, you know, something something's really pleasant that he's thinking about. And he's like, it's going to be good, Tavin. And when Myron says something like that, it really means that it ain't going to be good. We was the home team tonight, so we was taking the field. Like I said, I was on a mound. I do want to be clear. I didn't give up two grand slams in the same inning. I spread them eight earned runs over two innings. One thing I don't do when somebody cranks one over the fence on me is bark at them, though. I ain't like I ain't hollering at them like, hey, what do you think you're doing? Because kind of the way I see it, my skills is how I bark. So if they had a homer buddy or a grand slam, they, ate, they outskilled me. That's on me. Now, I don't know. My rotator cuff might have been a little tight. I don't know. I ain't, I ain't a, a medicine man or nothing like that. But I swung my arm around in a full circle like a windmill, like a third base coach waving a guy home kind of thing. And that swinging uh, felt a little bit better. But it wasn't clear. It's just part of it kind of thing. I worked out of a jam in the first inning, only giving up four. Then I got back into it in the second inning, giving up another four. Russell Tucker pulled me. After that, I don't blame him. It just wasn't my night on the mound. You know, that happens in a ball game. Mort Dwidell pulled one over the wall in the second, so it was 8-1 in the third inning. When we loaded the bases, you heard that right. Now, our bases was loaded. They'd done, done it twice already, just in the first two innings, and they, they capitalized on it. They got two grand slams. Now, we got the bases loaded. Who's up? Rusty Tidwell. Now, I tell you, off the top of my head, I can't think of somebody else that I would want up in that position. Like Mort Dwidell, he can crack a home run. He already had, but uh, he's all or nothing. Like Rusty Tidwell, I don't know that he ever striked out. You know, he, he make contact, real solid contact uh, every time he's up there. And that's that's really who you want up because, you know, he's steady focused. He's always locked in. He just is. That's, that's how Rusty rose. The concession stand uh, was having quite a night as Team Burgershed started putting the pressure on the other team. So you you can imagine, bases loaded, Rusty's up at the bat. And you remember that propane tank I was telling you about that Myron brought? Well, it's being used in the concession stand, inside the stand, is what I said. I did not know this during the fourth inning. I found this out later. Last week, Mary Beth Tucker made hot dinner rolls that was softer than a baby angel's leg, according to Myron, and them rolls had plenty of butter. I mean, there's a big hit. She sold out of them. Well, apparently, Mary Beth Tucker's like really branching out from the traditional concession stand delights and trying new stuff, and tonight it was s'mores. Now, part of the fun of making s'mores, if you know anything about s'mores, is roasting your own marshmallow. If you ain't never had s'mores before, or you ain't never heard of s'mores before, you probably ain't heard a podcast neither. It's like a radio show, so there's a good chance you ain't even listening right now. But I'm already leaning into this, and so here, here's where I'm going. A s'mores chocolate square. So that's the first starts to a s'mores, a chocolate square. You got to get a square chocolate. Graham cracker, full lamp. Get a full lamp graham cracker, folded in half to make the top and like the bottom of the sandwich because you're about to make a sandwich is basically what it is. And that, and what's on the sandwich, you asking? Well, that chocolate square, like a Hershey bar, like a square that, it fits right onto that graham cracker like the bottom. And then you roast the marshmallow over the fire and tonight, that's where the propane tank comes in. You see how that's working now? Apparently, Mary Beth figured she had really thought this thing through. She gave folks sticks, and apparently she had a fire going in the concession stand 
and customers were standing at the window where you order, leaning over with a stick and roasting their marshmallows over the fire inside the concession stand. If this sounds like a recipe for disaster, well, you ain't wrong at all. About the time Rusty Tidwell is going to take his first pitch of that, remember, base is loaded. The guy we want up is up. There's a scream at the concession stand. And there's this kiddo running with a stick that has a marshmallow on fire. No big deal. We all been there. But to a kid, it seemed like a big fire. You know, them big old campfire-sized uh, marshmallows, and they on fire. It's like a tiki torch, something like that. Truth be told, this is the first marshmallow fire I'd seen at the city fields. Why? Well, we don't ever do s'mores down there. Don't nobody ever bring a propane tank down inside the concession stand. I figured some adult would just help out put out the fire that little tyke that's running around like, calm down, kiddo, it's okay. Well, that wasn't a problem at all. Next, I see Mary Beth Tucker running out the concession stand with a bag of chocolate, her purse, and the cash box. And i known Mary Beth a number of years. I never knowed her to have to, like, run. If she got to pick up her feet and, like, move beyond, like, a casual mosey, uh, it seemed like it must be emergency, you know? Just emergency. I don't know what's going on, but it seemed uh, very emergency. Russell Tucker called the fire department. Like, I mean, we, 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 you know, we was all in the dugout except the four, the three guys on base and then Rusty Tidwell. So Rusty Tucker, he, he sees, he sees some flames and Ricky Don Pearson, he's, uh, nearby. He volunteered firefighter. He starts barking orders. So we walk off the field and out of the dugouts to make sure folks is okay. And that thing is just getting ate up by flames. Concession stands there. All heads turn over to Mary Beth Tucker. Now, about that time, fire department does show up, and they're dousing that thing. I mean, it smelled like a campfire and a rainstorm over there. Everybody's, you know, just crowded around trying to keep their distance, but trying to get close because, you know, everybody's curious. And everybody turned to look at Mary Beth Tucker. She's trying to explain her s'mores in the concession stand idea. And I think it's the first time she said it out loud where she could hear it, too. Because the look on her face when she tried to explain it was like, why in the world did I think this was a good idea? Like, her mouth didn't say that, but her face did. Her face uh, did real hard, like, out of weight. Like, you look at her face, and you're like, oh, she know this didn't make no sense once she said it out loud, and then her ears hurt it from her own mouth for the first time. And Ricky Don asked her, how'd you get the propane tank here? I looked over at Myron. So did Mary Beth. He done strapped that thing to his moped. There was no sense to this whole story. And when you say it all out loud, you just want to shake your head at both of them. And that's what folks did. You know how sometimes you want to say it out loud because you think explaining it to other person will help them understand? Everybody knew that was not a good idea, including Myron and Mary Beth. So we all just let sleeping dogs lie kind of thing or burnt concession stand simmer, however you want to look at it. So that leaves us at 8-1 in the fourth inning. And they was talking about calling the game. And I said, the fields didn't burn, y'all. But what it is is they got to go through stuff like the, in the fire, they got to go through all that stuff in the concession stand to burn or smoldering. They got to drive a fire truck across the field and bring in a patrol car, and they got to write notes and they got to ask questions. So they decide to postpone that game. Now they didn't call it, which means that them all them runs that was scored so far, they still count. And truth be told, I mean all them runs was the other teams pretty much eight to one is where we was. But then we get our three guys back on base. You know, and then Rusty Tidwell back in the bat, like it's still going to be that game they play. So they postponed us. But I think we had a comeback in us. That's the way I was feeling. So the next night, 
They done moved the concession stand. They removed it from the whole place. They cleared that spot. It ain't much to replace a concession stand when it's just a shack that you can kind of bring in with a forklift and set it down. I mean, there ain't no running water, nothing in there. Them sodies is in a cooler. I guess them snow cone ice is too. I don't know how they bring that in somehow. And everybody knows them Skittles will keep. So next night is just an empty spot where the new stand is going to be. And I can't explain what happened next, <clears throat> but I'm going to try. I mean, this podcast, if I didn't try to explain it, it'd just be quiet. You don't need to tune into a podcast for that. If you think Rusty Tidwell was locked in the night before, imagine him having a night to think about the next at bat. Remember, them bases was loaded, so that's how we started tonight. And truth be told, Rusty had a fellow at work today who said he'd give him 10% discount on truck axle if he signed some agreement. Well, it turns out that fellow didn't have no authority to offer the discount, and the company ain't going to honor it. And that's frustration that Rusty didn't have even the night before. See how that worked? So he's got some real aggression pent up there, and he lay into that first pitch of the night. As he make contact, he hollers, 10%! So you know that scam was still on his mind. And I really don't know if that ball's landed yet. Rusty Tidwell. Grand slam. Now it's 8-5. to five. Rance Farnhart, he followed out with a double. JT Whitlow, he had a dribbler to third base. And the third baseman, that's Casey Dunlap, Justine's husband, he just overthought it. And he stumbled on the way to the ball. Didn't basically spike the ball into the ground like he just scored a touchdown. So it was a little bit chaotic there. Rance, he made it all the way to third. JT's safe at first. And then for the first time in my life, I seen somebody get hit in the neck with a slow pitch softball. Myron Curtis. That kind of thing just like, it just kadunked like the side of his neck. Then he flicked that right shoulder up by his ear so late. Like that was the reflex of a sloth with a ping pong paddle. Too late, buddy. That ball done got pitched. It hit you, rolled up third baseline. We all moving on. But Myron, he's jumping back now like, oh, that stung. And I don't think anybody thought it stung. I mean, we watched it get pitched. It's standard, slow. So he's kind of milking this moment. I don't know if he thought he had to convince the ump that he got hit, but it was starting to turn into like a production. So I just say, hey, Myron, you all right? I got hit by that pitch. I said, yeah, I see that. Why don't you go ahead and you know take first base? He nodded, but I still think he wanted people to know he's hurt. So he started to jog down the first baseline with a limp. But then I guess he remembered that nothing happened to his leg, so he, he put his hand on his neck. Thankfully, there's no concession stand for Mary Beth to pick her head out of to offer Myron like a Band-Aid or something stupid like that. So he makes it down to first base. Finally, Russell Tucker's up. He don't wait. He cranks the first pitch to the wall. It sounded loud. And that outfielder, he seemed to think it so deep that he ran straight to the wall like he's going to jump and rob a home run. And then he realized it's going to drop about 15 feet in front of him. It hits the ground, and our guys are off to the races. Russell ends up with a double, and Myron is standing at third. Now it's eight to seven. Guess who's up? Tabin Dillard's up. It's me. I'm contact hitter. I sprayed the ball. Well, I stayed back on that first pitch, and for some reason, Myron Curtis starts running home. So I just let the ball go by me, right? So the catcher, imagine if you will, the catcher catching that ball, and Myron is steady running straight home. I'm frozen like a deer in headlights. Why in the world would Myron be trying to steal a home right now? I mean, he's bearing down hard toward home plate, and I finally figure I need to move out the way. So I do, and turns out the other team's just as surprised as us. 
The pitcher ain't even pitched the ball. He decides to throw it to third base because that's where Myron was standing, I guess. I guess that's what he's thinking. I don't really know. And Myron's headed home. Now, I'm telling him to get down now because I'm figuring out, okay, he's coming. I ain't stopping. I might as well, you know, get down, slide, because that's the only way I know how to steal a base. But he don't. He is upright. He step on home. He's safe. And he keep running, but now it's turning into more of like a shuffle. He put his hand on his backside, and he's steady focused on getting to the bathroom. I mean, no high fives, nothing. Myron's about to mess his britches. And that's what happened. He told me later, Tabby, either I was going to mess my pants right there on third base, or I was getting to a bathroom, and I didn't want to have this game postponed again. So he's, he's thinking like a team player, if you look at it that way. And he's probably right. They would have had to hose off that base, probably spray it with Lysol. And every time I head first, Pete Rose slide into third base, I'd probably be a little hesitant to reach out and tap that bag. So Myron Curtis tied up the game by stealing home, much to everybody's surprise. But let's just say he was highly motivated. I hit a single off home plate. Bounced high up there so high, Russell made it to third on that one, and then Brody Childers got himself a single. He pulled it down the line, and we went ahead 9-8. to eight. And you know what happened after that? We went on to win 11-9. We scored 11 times tonight, and they scored 9. Burger Shed has a win. So now there is a Bud's Burger Shed team that is 1-4. and four. Put that in your concession stand and burn it. Sorry. Too soon. So it was a two-parter, but it ended up with an end with a W. By our next game, concession stand should be back. Mary Bud Tucker can't bring no propane tank back to the concession stand. They wanting her to stick to the standards. You know, hot dogs, snow cones, Skittles, soda. And I'm, we're hoping that's all it is. But I was telling you earlier... I mean, we on cloud nine. You heard that people say that cloud nine. Um, I don't know what that means, but it means you you sided, like you happy. Well, I'm excited to tell y'all guys, we got burger shed hoodies. Oh, you warm? Or you want to be warm? Because it's getting cool and brisk outside. The hoodie got that pocket in the front for your hands to keep warm if you ain't got no gloves. Got a hood, you know, pull over your head, cover them ears. When the wind starts to bite a little bit, said Burger Shed on the front, just like the Burger Shed t-shirts. Hey, 10% off. And this thing, I'm telling you about the new hoodie, but this is 10% off any order on, uh, on, on the Tavin Dillard stuff at Rock City Outfitters. So here's the deal. I'll put the link in the show notes today, or you can always go to TavonDillard.com and click on the link that says hoodies. But when you check out, you're going to need this code to get 10% off. You ready for it? Bank, bank. No, that's the code, I'm telling you. B-I-N-K, B-I-N-K. Bank, bank. You give that code at checkout, 10% off what you're buying. Okay? So, that's the deal. Burger Shed hoodies are here. And, uh, I, I mean, i never been prouder to wear a Burger Shed uniform this week because we done won a game. Now we winners. You may say, one and four, you ain't winners. I was like, look at our our most recent game. I'm winner. We's a winner. Eleven and nine. I had a single off home plate. So anyways, I hope y'all can check that out this week. And also, you know, my friends over at Wag Bar, my Wag Bar, I'm going to put them in the show notes too. If you want some delicious protein, low carbs, low calorie, 
Wagyu, premium Wagyu beef, take a gander at them. So in the show notes today, you'll see the link to get to the Burger Shed hoodie. Bank, bank, discount code there. My Wag Bar, you want, uh, you want 10% off that, just put in my name, Tavin. Hey, I want y'all to check that out, but also keep stretching out because you never know when you're going to be in a game or have to run away from a concession stand fire. I'm, I'm interested in what the new one's going to look like. Are they going to replace it with the same kind of looking one or they going to be a different shape or something and they're going to paint it a different color? I don't know. There's a lot to think about, but uh, we got a lot to look forward to and we on what they call a roll. So uh, not a hot butter dinner roll that's softer than a baby angel's leg because they can't come down. They don't want Mary Beth bringing them extra stuff down to the concession stand. Hot dog, snow cone, Skittles, Mary Beth. Don't try to make it. Don't try to be all, think outside the box because now the box burnt down. You know what I mean? So anyhow, I hope y'all have a good rest of your week. Thanks for tuning in. Check out that new hoodie. Check out the wag bar. I'll holler at you next time. We'll see you later. <laughs>